0: Psalm 100 And there are certain parts of this psalm as we read it I'm sure that you'll be familiar with and and uh, we certainly will not have have time to plumb the the depths of God's word of course we could be here until the next new year and still not plumb the depths of this simple psalm Psalm 100 just five verses And I want to read the entire psalm, and then we'll dig into it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves, We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations and all God's people said. Amen. Beautiful. I wish that we had the music to this song. The music that David had put together as he prepared. I believe this is, uh, we're not sure, it's not signed, it says a psalm of praise, but I just wonder what it sounded like. What it sounded like in the original tongue. But what I want us to do is look at the words, because that's what God has given us. He wants us to study them and to pay attention. It starts kind of different, doesn't it? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, wait a minute. The book of Psalms was Israel's songbook, Amen. as they would praise and worship God, it was often this book that they would turn to and they would quote these words, they would sing these words in praise to God and it doesn't start out in the small. It doesn't start out with the people of God. It starts out with a command. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lambs. Israel was supposed to reach beyond their borders with the message of the goodness of their God. You know, sometimes, and uh, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to preach to myself tonight, and I hope that you'll be able to walk with me through this message But it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I began to think, when is the last time you allowed God to do something in your life that would encourage even the unsaved to know that God is good? That's what that verse is starting with, is it not? Sometimes people, when you talk to them, they'll say, "Yeah, I I I would believe all of that religious stuff, except for my next door neighbor, or except for so and so." I even had one guy one time say, "Well, that religious, it's all a bunch of mess because of preachers named Jimmy." And some of you are old enough to remember those scandals and those stories. I just looked at him and I said, you're going to have to do better than that. I said, that was, they're not the only two people, Jimmy Baker and Jimmy Swagger, that ever preached the gospel. Give me a break. And let me tell you, they did precious little preaching of the gospel compared to the amount of fundraising and other things that they talked about. Let's, let's take a break here and get back to real people living for a real God. That's what real Christianity is about. And you and I need to understand that God has not called us to change the world. He's not called us to vote a Christian into the White House. By the way, there wasn't one running in the last election. Uh, That wasn't even possible. Listen, we need to show the world that in spite of of what's going on, that God is still real in our lives. We need to encourage to be encouraged enough in the Lord. I should say it this way. Have you ever met somebody? Let me let me just stop. I have a problem not finishing sentences here. We're going to just stop and go back, I'm trying to illustrate this point. How many of you have met someone that was so excited about something that you couldn't help get excited with them? How many of you remember when the new iPhones came out? Everybody excited. Oh, a phone. Everybody had to have one. Now Walmart sell them for 127 bucks. What does that say? Your iPhone is now worthless, doesn't it? Well, not quite, but I mean, it's worth a lot less than it was when you bought it. You can't have your affection connected to the things of this world. But could we be infectious in our enthusiasm for the Lord? And let me tell you, there's only one place joy comes from. Now, you can get happy. All you got to do is buy a bottle of happy juice and get depressed, and you'll act like you're happy even though you're depressed, right? Uh, You know what I'm talking about, older folks and young guys, don't even worry about that garbage. But when is the last time the joy of the Lord was such a presence in your life? I'm looking at my life, and I said, if there's something missing, It's that. It's something I I need. And it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. If we're not giving joy to the world, to the Lord, if the world cannot hear us get excited about Jesus, and I'm not talking about fake stuff. I'm talking about real, honest, true Living for Jesus in a sinful world. If we don't do it, where is the world going to learn about it from? There's lots of religion out there, let me tell you. But what was Jesus' question to his disciples? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Let me tell you something, we, we need to get serious about our relationship with God. And unfortunately, a serious relationship with God will offend people who call themselves Christians the most. Isn't that true? But don't let them rob you of your joy. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. How may remember the story of Nehemiah. We'll talk about this Sunday morning. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you felt weak during this past year in your service for God? I'm going to put my hand up. You know why? No joy. We need joy. You've got to have it. Now, let me tell you, if there was any reason for people to de- be depressed, those people that were there in Nehemiah chapter 10... They had reason to be depressed. They had heard the word of God. And they had come face to face, the first time in several years, I'm sure, of the standard of God's holiness. Remember, they couldn't carry a Bible around. The scroll of Isaiah was three scrolls each one of them weighing a hundred and some odd pounds apiece. You didn't carry the Bible in your back pocket or on your Kindle or on your phone. If they were going to hear the Word of God, it was read at the temple or at the synagogues. And the people wept when they heard the Word of God because they understood how sinful they were, how far below the standard of God's holiness they fell. These were people who were, in, my, in our language, if we were to use them, they were believers, they were saved. These were people who were on their way to heaven, but they had not maintained their relationship with God the way that they should have. That's what the book of Nehemiah is all about. And yet, when they understood the word, what was the charge to the people? This is a day of praise to the Lord. Now, don't get happy about your sin. But have joy that you have God's word. Have joy that you haven't recreated God in your image and lowered the standard of his holiness. Amen. Have joy that there's a God that forgives sin and still wants to use us in his service. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his come before his presence with singing. Ephesians put it this way, and be not drunk with wine wherein it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you know why that verse says that? Because not everybody can sing out loud and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? But everybody can make a melody in their heart. Because God has made the human ears in such a way that when you sing to yourself, it still sounds sweet, even if it isn't. I'm serious. You know, when a little baby is born, they hear you singing, but they don't hear the pitch. And so sing to your children when they're little, they'll enjoy it. When they get a little older, they'll say, Dad, you're flat. You're not in the right key. You just changed keys on me. But when they're little, they'll smile and coo. That's what happens when you make melody in your heart to the Lord. How many of you have just been under the burden of life and all of a sudden... One of those courses from one of those hymns comes bursting through your soul. I know whom I have believed. And I'll tell you what, you're just going to, don't worry about the people making noise out back. Make a melody in your heart. If you do not come into the presence with singing, you're not going to be able to praise him the way he wants you to. It takes effort, my friend. But if you'll let God's word be your joy and you'll sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that we need to be thankful in spite of, The fiscal cliff. It means we need to be thankful in spite of what goes on because God... Look at the next verse. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Without faith it is impossible to please Him for he that cometh to God must believe that He is And that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I love Brother Nielsen's definition of discouragement. I've used it many times. How many of you remember it? Say it with me. Discouragement is forgetting who God is. David knew that. It's not new with Brother Nielsen. He copied it from the writer of Psalm 100. Know ye that the Lord He is God. In spite of all the states approving sodomite marriage, He still is God. In spite of all the sins of this nation, which are many, He still is God. Don't forget it. Don't let the devil... Take away your understanding. Cloud your mind. It is he that hath made us. I believe the biggest battle that an adult faces is pride. Just test it sometime. Only by pride cometh contention. When's the last time you got upset at somebody? Pride. Um, If we will remember that he made us and not we ourselves, it's not about you, my friend. It's about him. You've got to understand that he is God and that he is the creator. But he's also, we are his people and the sheep of His pasture. Everybody likes to quote Psalm 23 at the funeral. Let me tell you, it's too late to quote Psalm 23 at the funeral. You need to be living Psalm 23 before you get to the funeral. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not... How many of you still want something you didn't get for Christmas? Don't raise your hands. Let me tell you, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? I'm the sheep of His pasture. He is the good shepherd which layeth down His life for the sheep. He's the one that takes care of us. The only problem is... We, like little children, sometimes don't understand what being taken good care of is. How many of you remember resenting broccoli on the plate and wish it was a piece of pastry or spinach and say, ah, why can't we have cookies instead of carrots? You know, carrots make wonderful cake. But that's not near as good for you as the carrots are now, is it? Listen. Know ye that the Lord He is God. It is He that hath made us, and we and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. If we understood that, we would enter into His gates with thanksgiving. You say, Well, where are the Lord's gates? Well, the gates that are being spoken of here were the gates of, uh, of the, uh, the perspective gates of the temple that would be built by Solomon. That's ideally what it's talking about there. The place that was set aside for the worship of God. When's the last time you got up Sunday morning and said, oh, no, i got to go to church. Now, don't tell me that that never happens because I know it does. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. When is the last time the word bless means to make happy, to put in a special place of joy? When is the last time you took the name of the Lord God of heaven and put it in a special place of joy? That's what it means to lift it up. You know what? You're never going to do that if you're not thankful first. You're never going to do that if you're not serving the Lord with gladness. If you're not understanding that He's the Creator. We've just got to get a new vision of God. We don't need anything new except get our glasses cleaned and ask God to let us see Him in the spirit of thanksgiving for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. His mercy is everlasting. How do you obtain the everlasting mercy of God? It's real easy. You must admit your defeat. And your lack of victory and surrender to Him. Not a one of us in this room has a true victory over sin, but Jesus does. And we surrender. Before you were saved, you were at enmity with God. Isn't that correct? Isn't that what the Bible says? We were his enemies. Why? Because we broke his laws every time we sinned. We fought against God with our life effort and many times believing that we were doing right when we were actually bringing a reproach upon that name that we ought to be blessing. Isn't that true? But we surrender our ways And our abilities. We admit defeat and we unconditionally surrender to God. And then we go to Him and say, now that I've surrendered, you must give me instruction. That's mercy. And guess what? God knows we're going to sin again. He knows we're going to break His laws. He knows every sin that we ever sinned long before you were born. And yet Jesus took time to pay for everyone on Calvary's cross. That's everlasting mercy. Amen. And you can have that applied to your life. Because the Lord is good. Amen. Amen? I'm watching the time. we still got about ten minutes here. Now this last phrase... And his truth endureth to all generations oftentimes people will ask about our church and well how how long has your church been there? That's kind of a new church says well yes we've we've been here twenty years in Astoria now oh but the Catholic Church has been there since And the Lutheran church has been there since. Well, how old is the Baptist cult? And I say, well, wait a minute. Number one, the Baptists are not a cult, all right? What we are is the simplest and the most biblical way to worship God. And any honest historian will tell you First century Christianity was very simple. And the closest thing to it is what we have in Baptist churches today. The first century Christians baptized by immersion those that professed faith in Jesus Christ. The oldest Orthodox churches have baptistries that were built for immersing Adults, not children. Baptism of children is a new invention compared to the scriptures. One of the reasons ancient church history, early church history is so confusing is because every believer believed that they had the right to read God's word and understand it for themselves. Sounds kind of Baptist, doesn't it? Because God wants you to be full of His mercy. How are you going to get it if you don't read the Bible? How are you going to be thankful if you don't read about God? How are you going to know who He is and what He has done? But His truth endureth to all generations... What we do and what we preach is not new. It did not originate with us. It was there long before any of us ever lived. It was there long before your grandfather and your great-grandfather, long before there was a nation called the United States of America. God's truth was there. If David wrote these words, he wrote them approximately a thousand years before Jesus was born. Guess what? It didn't start with David either, now, did it? Every generation since Adam has had God's truth. It doesn't depend upon you. It depends upon God. But he still has entrusted you. He's entrusted me. He's entrusted us as a church, as the body, the living body of the living Christ to take this truth to the generation in which we live. Now, It's precious. Truth is an incredible commodity. Amen? How many lives are lost every year because of a lack of truth? How many souls slip into an eternity without God because of a lack of truth in their souls and in their lives? But God's given you and I the job if we could just realize how precious that truth is, how careful we need to be with it, that our personality, that our weaknesses, do not tarnish the truth which we carry. It's going to be there, whether you help or not. But if you want that joy, you might want to get a hold of it and carry it to your generation. Amen? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. According to my watch, we got about five minutes here. What I'd like for us to do, if you'd like to come up and gather around the altar, you can. If you'd like to just kneel at your seat. But could we not, as a church, just get on our knees if you're physically able to do that? If you can't bow with your physical knees, you certainly can bow with your soul. Amen? And humble ourselves before God. And ask Him to let us live this song in this coming year. Let's just take a few.